0: I'm supposed to be the franchise player and we're in here talking about practice. What? we talking about practice. Not a game, not a game, not a game. We're talking about practice. If you can dodge a wrench, you can dodge a ball. Dodge this. I'm the best in the world. And that's the bottom line. Because don't go sets up. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Steak Sauce Podcast, and thank you for joining me for another episode of Steak Sauce. We'll be briefly recapping my college picks before we look towards tomorrow's games. As well, we'll have the answer to the last episode's trivia question at the end of the show, along with another brain buster. So let's get into my college pick briefly, and we'll have a full recap on Tuesday after the rest of the games finish. So in the afternoon games, I picked the under in Baylor West Virginia which almost fell victim to an overtime shootout but saw West Virginia come up with a turnover and sealed the game with a touchdown finishing 27-21. Baylor continues their struggles in Morgantown extending their record to 0-5 since West Virginia joined the Big 12. The TCU Texas game was one of the sweatiest covers I've ever experienced as the total was at half, and with 2 minutes and change left on the clock. TCU forced a fumble at their goal line as Texas was marching to defend their 33 29 lead. They even managed to get a first down after the turnover, but on a fourth down with six seconds left, up four, Gary Patterson opts to run out the clock and take the safety, which pushed the total from 62 to 64. And TCU also covered the 10 and a half on top of getting the outright upset. UNC failed to cover their two-touchdown spread, but did manage to cash on the under against Boston College, putting me at 3-1 on the day. The Ole Miss-Kentucky game went way over the 63 total, finishing at 42-41 in overtime, putting me at 4-1. The Texas Tech game was pretty poor judgement on my part, as I was pretty wrong about their spread, the upset, and the total. Tech was held scoreless in the first half before scoring 21 in the second to finish 31-21 in favor of Kansas State. The over could have stood a chance if Tech showed any signs of life in the first half, but no excuses. A loss is a loss, and that put me at 4-3. Alabama handily covered their over and their spread against A&M, which put Nick Saban to 3-0 versus Jimbo Fisher at A&M. And all three games since Jimbo joining the SEC have now seen the over. Uh, Another game I had wrong entirely was the Virginia Tech and Duke game. Duke finally managed to show signs of life and scored 30 points. Albeit it wasn't enough to get them the W, they finally have done enough to say that they're playing football. Tech was not able to follow up on the dominant performance from a week ago and Duke continued to be a pesky home dog, putting me at 6-5 after this game. The rest of the games are still in progress, but it looks like I'm either going to finish the college day just above or just below 500 depending on the result of this Clemson and the Oklahoma game. So let's move towards the NFL and in our early lines preview, we looked at the Chargers versus the Bucks where initially I said I like the Chargers at plus 7-5 and the over as well. But glossing over the injury report for the Chargers, I'm not sure I still feel the same way today. Chris Harris, Melvin Ingram, and Justin Jones will be missing time on the defensive side of the ball, and Joey Bosa is listed as probable. The Bucks will be without Fournette and Chris Godwin as well, making for a potential underplay here as the Chargers will also be without wide receiver Mike Williams. A quick look at the trends here shows that the Chargers are 8-3 against the spread in their last 13 as a dog. They're also 32-15 and 4 as a road dog also won five and one against the spread in their last seven overall as well as posting the same spread record on grass the bucks have posted a five and one against the spread record against teams with losing records they're also three oh and two after a w however they're one six and two in their last nine home games against the spread the over is seven and one in the chargers last eight road games versus a team with a winning road record and 14-3 in the last 17 week four games that they've played for the Chargers as well, they are 5-2 as the road dog. More than eight trends for the Bucks point to an over, but most notably, they're 5-0 as the home favorite, 7-1 at home, 14-3 in their last 17 overall, 9-3 on grass. The head-to-head matchup also shows that the over is 3-0-1 in the last four meetings between these two teams. Although the injury report might give reason to play the under, The Chargers have managed to move the ball well, and if they stop settling for field goals this game could easily turn into a shootout. I'm not as heavy today on the outright upset as I was earlier in the week, but I do still like the over given the trends and despite the injury report. My next pick was the Rams to cover 13 against the Giants who have scored one touchdown since losing Saquon Barkley for the season. The Rams dug themselves into a hole against the Bills last week and almost managed to dig themselves out but just couldn't finish the job. They host a traveling Giants team that is already in the Trevor Lawrence conversation, and in addition to Saquon Barkley, the Giants will also be without safety Jabril Peppers. The Giants do have a few trends going in their favor, and given that the spread is 13, it wouldn't be beyond reason to possibly keep it within that. They are 4-0 against the spread as a road dog, 13-3 on the road, and 4-1 following spread loss. They are however 1-4 in October, 1-5 after getting less than 250 total yards, and 1-6 versus teams with winning records. The Rams come in with a lot of favorable spread trends that include being 5-0-2 after allowing 30 points. 6-0 after a spread loss, 4-0-1 after a straight up loss and 5-1-1 against teams with a losing record as well as 15-5-1 in NFC games. The head-to-head shows a lot of trends that favour the Giants as they're 8-1 against the spread in the last 9 matchups and 5-0 in LA as well the road team is 4-1 in the last 5. The only trend here that favours the Rams is that the favourite is 5-1 in the last six. I still like the Rams to cover the 13 as the Giants seem to have literally zero firepower this season even while Saquon was playing. One game that's been taken off the bet sheets is the New England versus Kansas City game as Cam Newton has now tested positive for COVID-19 so this game will not be played tomorrow. Moving on I'm very happy to see that the money has dropped the ATL Green Bay total to 56.5 as I was already a fan of the over at 58. Atlanta is coming into this game with the 31st ranked total defense as well as passing defense allowing 463 and 350 yards per game. The Packers' offense should feast as they are averaging 460 yards of offense as well as 288 through the air. I still think this game will be high scoring as both quarterbacks are able to stretch the field to multiple targets. A few spread trends for Atlanta shows that they're 5-0 as the road dog, 4-0 on grass, 5-0 on the road, as well as 6-1 as a straight dog. They are, however, also 2-11 in their last 13 October games. The Packers come in riding a 5-1 against the spread record as the home team and home favorite as well as winning 4-1 in NFC play in the month of October and their last 5 overall. Both teams come in with quite a few trending overs as the Packers are hitting at 5-0 in NFC, 6-1 after accumulating more than 250 passing yards, 4-0 following a win and 5-0 overall the Falcons are seeing the over hit at 4-0 in their last four, 6-0 in their NFC games, 5-1 on grass, 6-2 on the road, and 5-2 as a road dog. Head-to-head, the Falcons have covered in five of the last six meetings in Lambeau, and the over has hit in the last five matchups between these two teams. I still like my pick on the over, especially with the dip in the line. The next line I covered was the Browns at Dallas, where I mentioned Dak's record against winning teams. The Browns are currently 2-1, mirroring the Cowboys' 1-2 record, and the Cowboys are eerily similar to the Atlanta Falcons, with the only difference being one team had to win when they played each other. Otherwise, this Dallas team could easily be 0-3 if they don't pull off that onside kick. Their offense, however, is running wild, but their defense is also running off the field for the Convert team way too often. Both teams here are disgustingly cold against the spread, to the point I might back off this game entirely, or maybe buy more points for Cleveland to wiggle with. The Cowboys are 1-4 against the spread in their last five, 1-4 after scoring 30 or more, 1-4 as the favorite, and and 2-8 versus winning records. But Cleveland is literally no better, as they're 1-5 in their last six, 1-5 after a spread win, 0-4 last October, and and 0-7 on the road. I might be letting some bias cloud my judgment here, but i'm gonna probably stick with my cleveland pick because sometimes it's better to stick to your guns than to get backed off and regret not believing yourself later but as i said i think i'll probably at least buy a field goal for some wiggle room i'm not sure if buffalo is being undervalued or if the raiders are being overvalued but the spread sitting at three for buffalo seems way too low for me and i like the bills to cover easily they held off the late surge from the rams last week to remain undefeated and outside of the jets they've beaten two quality opponents With Miami being somewhere in the middle of the pack, the Raiders are 2-1 coming off a double-digit loss to the Patriots after upsetting the Saints on Monday Night Football. I'm really not convinced that the Raiders are over the hump yet, but I am convinced that Buffalo is. The Bills are 5-1 against the spread as the favorite 7-2-2 on the road, however are 1-3-1 in the last five as well as in AFC games. The Raiders are 4-0 against the spread on grass and 4-1 in their last five, as well as being 7-2 as a home dog. But on the flip side, they are 3-8 in October, 2-6 in their last eight AFC games, and 1-4 following a spread loss. The under is red hot for the Bills, hitting at 7-0 in week four, 8-1 versus home winning record, 6-1 in their last seven, 8-3 after a spread win, and 5-1 versus AFC teams. The Raiders are showing quite a few unders trend as well, including 6-1 in their last 7, 5-1 and after a spread loss, 10-3 after allowing 30, and 12-4-1 versus the AFC. The Bills are cold in the head-to-head as they've been 1-5 against the spread in the last six meetings between these teams, and the over is also at 6-0. Despite those head-to-head trends, I think I'll still take Buffalo to cover, as Buffalo has really only been competitive in the last two seasons, while Derek Carr has shown flash the paying greatness at times. I will however probably avoid the total, although considering both teams' individual trends towards the under, I believe the under should still prevail, but I probably will avoid it. The last game we'll be covering here is the Seahawks versus the Dolphins, where the Seahawks have dropped to 5.5 on the spread, and that ladies and gentlemen I call an early Christmas gift. This spread could have stayed at 7, and I still would have called this candy from a baby. Russell Wilson is firing on all cylinders and there's not a team in the league capable of shutting him down at the moment, and only two teams have the firepower to enter a shootout with him and stand a chance. The Miami Dolphins, however, are not one of those two teams. Seattle comes in with the 9th ranked offense versus the 25th ranked defense. Seattle's been very ineffective against the pass though but I believe that's a result of being ahead in most of the games and having such a suffocating run defense that's only allowed 66 yards per contest through three games. The Seahawks trends are all blazing hot against the spread as they are 5-1-1 one, as one the favorite, as well as 5-1-1 one, one after allowing 30 points, 4-1 in their last 5, 12-4-1 on the road, and 5-2 and after a spread win. The fish aren't exactly cold though, which could explain the dip in the line as they are 4-0 against the spread on grass, 5-1 as a home dog, 5-1 at home, 4-1 in their last 5, as well as 7-2 after covering a spread. A few head-to-head trends to note as well here. The Seahawks are 1-6 in the last 7 meetings, and the underdog is 4-0. However, the road team is 4-1 in the last 5, so I'm still riding with Russell Wilson until his train falls off the tracks. So let's recap our picks going into tomorrow. The over in the Chargers versus the Bucks game, the Rams to cover 13, over in Green Bay, Atlanta, Buffalo to cover the spread, Browns to cover the spread and probably buying the field goal, as well as the Seahawks to cover the spread. Now it's time for the Steak Sauce podcast trivia question. The question on our last episode was, the Notre Dame football players touch a sign on their way to the field before every game. What does that sign say? The answer play like a champion today and now for today's question kyler murray won last year's rookie of the year before kyler murray who was the last heisman winner to take home the rookie of the year honors the answer on the next episode of steak sauce thank you for tuning in and best of luck with all your action tomorrow i have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass and i'm all out of bubble gum i supposed to be the franchise player, and we're in here talking about practice. What? Not a game. We're talking about practice. dodge, no Rich. dodge, Ball. Dodge this. I'm the best in the world, and that's the bottom line. Because don't go sets up. Bro, what are you talking about, man?